You're listening to Travel Nursing and Allied Life, hosted by Travcon. Welcome to the Traveler Minute of the podcast, Travel Nursing and Allied Life, hosted by Travcon. I'm Michelle, and I'm your host today. Joining us today is a physical therapist traveler, Mark Zajak, who has been traveling for several years and has joined us at many Travcons in the past. Thank you for joining us. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great, Michelle. Thanks for calling. How long have you been a traveler? Um, I've been a traveler uh, going on uh, two and a half years now. And how do you get started? There's so many people that either haven't started traveling and wonder how people get started. I always like hearing the stories of how travelers got into traveling in the first place. Well, I guess it all started many, many years ago when I was, um, uh, before, before I was a PT student, I was volunteering in a local hospital trying to get a feel of what um, physical therapy is all about. And they had these little uh, PT journal magazines lying in the office all the time. I used to pick, pick them up all the time. And in the back, they had the classified ads um, and they were looking for PT travelers to work our, work around the country. And uh, we had uh, opportunity to have a traveler in our, ho- in our hospital at that time, Bristol Hospital. And um, I had talked to them about where they're from and how they got started traveling. So I really got this itch to do, to be a traveler at some point. It's one of the reasons I, I guess I got into physical therapy, traveling around the country. It sounded so fun and adventurous. Um, I always wanted to do that at some point in my life. But uh, after you, you go to PT school, you uh, find someone to marry and have kids and settle down. And there's not much time to travel because you're, you're home with the kids all the time. <laughs> so true. So um, what, as it ended up, I actually started uh, my own private practice about 20 years ago. Um, so I started small. I started picking up little contracts, PT contracts in my area in Northern New Hampshire where um, um, nobody wanted this work. So I picked up all the work that nobody wanted. Doing local traveling um, in about an hour, hour and a half radius all around in my area. And then um, my kids got older and they left the house. Uh, I, actually, I wanted to have a big goal when I turned 50 three years ago. I decided to close my clinic and start traveling just to um, do all the things I always wanted to do. Wow. And I never found time. I actually went to Costa Rica for a month to study yoga, which I, I, I was not, I didn't have much experience in yoga, but I knew if I went to Costa Rica for a month, I would get really good at it or get better at it too. And you've, you've taught yoga, actually. You've done classes at, at TravCon for the last two years, right? I have. It was, it was such, a, such a wonderful experience. Uh, it's funny how we got started doing the, being the yoga teacher. I, I actually reached out to um, uh, one of the, uh, tra- traveler that was in charge of, I guess she, she was going to do the yoga classes. Um, and she posted on Facebook, it's like, Hey, we're having a yoga class on Monday and Tuesday. And I'm like, and I, and I replied, I said, great. You know, I, I just became a yoga teacher. I can't wait to take your classes. And she's like, Oh, you're yoga. Are you a yoga teacher? I said, yes. And she said, Oh, can you teach the classes for us? I'm like, sure. Sure. <laughs> Because at the very like th- three years ago, they were planning on, uh, on having a video, a yoga, a yoga class on, on a video, which was a, a great idea. But I think having somebody live in person is a lot more fun. 
Absolutely. And it's been a big hit. You know, the yoga people, they're used to being up at early in the morning. You're there at 8 a.m. both mornings, Monday and Tuesday. And we have a dedicated room for you this time where it's only going to be yoga mats. It's our, our new relaxation lounge. And I'm excited about it because we have another traveler who's going to be doing sound bowl sessions. And that'll be at one o'clock every day in that sort of relaxation room. And then you'll have the yoga at 8 a.m. each day. So I'm really excited about having sort of a, a decompression room, you know, a place where you can kind of get away from the mayhem of, of the conference. So that's pretty cool. Those are great ideas. I, I love the dedicated yoga room. And we had, we had a, gr a great number of mats last, last time. I believe they're green in color. There was a, a great color and we had a great turnout for both days. It was a lot of fun. And um, actually, uh, uh, I, I love going to sound, um, sound bowl classes, a lot of fun. When I was in Jacksonville about three months ago, I, I had an opportunity to go to a, a gong bath. Have you heard of that, Michelle, a gong bath? I have not. Is that like so, a Turkish bath or is it something no, else? Not, not at all. It, it's actually um, a woman that does a sound bowl, but she has a, a gongs as well. So you, you would lay on a table for an hour and there's a big gong above your head and she, she plays the gong above your head in, in a conjunction with the sound bowl. It's just, a, just an amazing wow. experience. The vibration just going through your body. It's uh, very soothing, relaxing and, and healing at the same point. And then all of a sudden an hour goes by. I don't know what was going on, but an hour passed by so quickly. <laughs> Really it sounds amazing. very cool, you know, to just sort of let yourself go and have this music surround you that I, that's in my mind, what a sound bowl session would be. I've never done it before, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Just different sounds and vibrations coming from these beautiful bowls that uh, people have. So that's awesome. So you did what I recommend to most travelers when they want to start is I usually recommend that they start traveling locally because you get a sense of what it's like to drop in to an unknown location, unknown coworkers, and just kind of see if you like that, that whole mentality of dropping in, doing something for a few weeks or a few months, and then moving on. And that's always kind of a cool way to do it. So then how did you do your first real sort of extended travel position where you left your immediate area? Well, well, before I did that, I actually went to TravCon. I, I did the, the newbie. Uh, oh, the newbie boot camp. The newbie boot camp, because I knew nothing about travel. I used to own my own private practice. I knew nothing. So uh, I'm glad I did the newbie boot camp. Uh, it's a great opportunity to learn about the travel industry. Totally. You know, nothing about it. And you make meet some contacts and you, and you, uh, you, know, you get some information on just the contract rate and the yeah. per diem rate, the housing. It's just, it's all these numbers are so confusing. But that's it. It kind of lays the groundwork. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was great. So yeah, uh, I actually had my first contract an hour and a half away from my house um, doing home care and uh, around Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire in the winter, which is it's not the best time because it's very cold and it's deserved. There's like nobody else. Very, very uh, dreary. And uh, I, I got to stay with, uh, with uh, at a roommate at her house and the woman hated to, to heat her house in the winter. She did not want to heat her house. So when she would go out, when she went away on weekends, she turned off the heat in the house. Oh, so no. I remember I, I got back on, on a Monday morning and it was 40 degrees in the house. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> like she's so cheap. Right. <laughs> or electricity was really expensive. Yeah, it, it was. And uh, I guess she'd want to pay it. So but it was great. It was a great experience. Great experience. I, at least my bedroom was warm. That's all I cared about. Um, but, but I started my first um, 
uh, non-local contracts outside of Boston um, after like uh, during COVID. Like my my first contract at a nursing home, I walk in and he said, oh, oh, by the way, we have COVID now. I'm like, like how many people have it? They're like, oh, everybody. <laughs> like, wow, this is really uh, eye-opening. Not you know being fearful from what you heard on the news reports. It's like walking into your first contract outside of Boston, the whole building has it, and. 30 staff members or 40 staff members have it and they're out of work. So it was pretty, uh, and, and yeah. back then we had, we had limited resources. We had one mask to last a month. <gasps> That's awful. It was awful. Yeah. We, we ran out of the space suits in the first you know, week. So all we had is Johnny's to wear as, as a you know, protection from it worked and uh, nobody, uh, nobody else got sick more or less. And uh, we, we survived it. I was there for nine months. So I, I actually got two extensions on that contract because nobody else wanted to go there. Right. <laughs> so it was good for me. Now you actually got COVID at some point. Where did you pick, where do you think you pick up COVID from? Um, um, I, con- I had this great co- contract on the island of Nantucket. <laughs> I, and I met a great, I met a good friend at TravCon uh, in September, Kiwi. She's a travel nurse and um, she loved cruising and I love cruising. And I asked, we had a break, I, we had the same break coming up. So I asked her, hey, you know, do you, would you ever want to go take a cruise through the Panama Canal? She's like, of course. So I'm like, great, let's do this cruise. So we spent 16 days on this beautiful ship cruising um, in the Bahamas and going through the Panama Canal. And if uh, anybody's thinking of doing it, do it. It's, it's one of the highlights of my life. It's like an all day party. Um, going through the Panama Canal it took almost 12 hours to get through it. Uh, they have two locks on either side, so it's just amazing going through these locks. All these ships are waiting to get in, but we, we, I guess we paid so much money to get in the front of the line. It was a lot of fun. So as we're traveling, um, we had this great stop at Acapulco, Mexico, beautiful place at the resort. You know, open bar. You know, uh, food was great, and then. Two days later, we stopped at this nice town of Amatlazan, Mexico, where I ended up getting food poisoning first um, by ingesting food with E. coli in it, which I, mm-hmm. I don't recommend. You get death, deathly ill. Um, so it's called, it's called a norovirus, and it's very um, horrible. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Did a lot of then, people on the cruise ship get that? Um, I, I'm thinking several hundreds, all the people oh, that no. run our excursion, I never saw again, cause I'm sure they were, they were definitely ill. Um, but I don't believe it was, it, was, it happened on the cruise ship. It's from, um, getting, getting off on an excursion. I think people got sick, um, getting off the boat and bringing it back on the ship. And then as we're waiting to, to get off the ship, <clears throat> you know, we should, we should have been six feet apart, but we're elbow to elbow 4,000 people in this big terminal. And they only had. I believe four people um, uh, checking us out, um, going through customs. They had four people, and I'm and I'm sure the the virus was spreading in the terminal, whatever whatever it was. And when I got back when I got back from Los Angeles to um, Boston, I ended up with uh, uh, coughing. I had no energy. I had no appetite. You know, I, I had no the, the taste was gone. But this is before we knew about COVID, so I, I thought it was right. just a little this flu symptom or was a part of the uh, norovirus. I, I, we didn't yeah, we didn't know about COVID at that COVID. point. It was still November, right? Right. This is November 2019. 2019. And we didn't hear about it in the U.S. till like March or so, February, March. <clears throat> and I, I, I believe um, the norovirus, I'm sorry, the COVID-19 started in 2019 in Europe. 
and our cruise ship was full of Asians and Europeans. So maybe one of those people carried it on the boat and it just spread. Right. How sick were you with COVID or what you think was COVID? Um, it's, it's just a, a cough. It was coughing and weakness, very weak. I, I had no energy to go out for a walk. I, it probably took six to eight months before I wanted to even go outside for a walk. I was just staying Six to eight happened. months? Uh, wow. For me, yeah, I was exhausted. And I you're pretty, you're a fit guy. I was fit. It just really knocked me, knocked me down. It was very bad. Very bad. Mm. I remember a year ago, I, I, I would never go out on weekends. I'd just stay home. I was too tired, especially after working in a nursing home, running around. Um, I'll go home and just rest, rest on a weekend. And did you get the vaccine once it came out? Uh, yep. January and February, we got the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Did you notice, I've, I've heard that when people have had COVID, that those who haven't had COVID, the first shot is pretty asymptomatic and it's the second shot that you really feel some symptoms. But for those who have had COVID, the first shot, they actually, because they've already got some antigens and, and memory cells in their body that they can really, the first shot can be a bit harder than most people. How did you find it? Um, I, I didn't have any effects from um, the vaccine. I just had a little soreness in my arm locally. Oh, good. Perfect. Worry. So no, no, it didn't bother me all. And I had the Pfizer vaccine. Would you say you're back to a hundred percent now, or do you still have some remnants? I'll like you, a hundred percent. Good. You said you have a business that you also do on the side. What is that? I've been training in this technique called myofascial release for the past ten years now, and. Uh, got advanced training in this uh, body workout in Sedona, Arizona. So that's where my training center is. I'm planning and opening up a, like a type of body work called myofascial release on the side or after hours doing house calls to start off with or maybe rent a little space. And myofascial release is you're set up like you're having a massage and uh, you're working like a massage, but you're also kind of working in a different way to sort of release some of the tight points. Is that how that works? Um, yeah, we'll say yes and no. Um, it's it's a type of body work. Massage is a type of body work. Uh, myofascial release is a type of body work. Um, myofascial release is a little different where you apply a constant, um, a gentle pressure to the body and hold it for three to five minutes. And uh, um. you can get uh, chemical resp responses to this pressure on the body. It, it starts releasing um, certain chemicals or interleukin-5, interleukin-7, that helps to uh, promote healing and uh, helps with anti-inflammation. And then what happens is the tissue gets elongated and softer and, and it gets, and you get to feel the, the movement in the skin or the tissue and it helps take away pain and pressure in the body, it helps you move more easily uh, and more efficiently. And uh, well, the results last a lot longer than like a typical massage Simple massage, you feel better, you know, after you got off the table, but maybe the next day you feel about the same. Right. What typical conditions would somebody come to you for myofascial release? Um, I, I see a lot of people with uh, um, leg pains, uh, leg pains, knee pains. Uh, usually it's, it's a problem with the uh, imbalance in the pelvis, pelvic obliquity. One side is higher yeah. on one side, causes some back pain. It also creates a short leg on one side. So you walk a little differently. You got a limp. You might notice that your shoes, one, one shoe is wearing out faster than the other. That might be a sign of a one leg. Interesting. Can you use it for sciatica? Is it helpful for that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sciatica, uh, it, sciatica, what I've found is um, 
it's pressure. Uh, a muscle is putting pressure on the sciatic nerve. It's usually the piriformis muscle, which is in your butt area. So the, um, the piriformis is actually lying on, lying on top of the sciatic nerve. And if it gets tight, it presses on that nerve and it causes like an impingement or pain in that area. So if you take pressure off that sciatic nerve, a pain usually goes away. Uh, if that's where it's coming from, it's not in the spine. So travelers will be able to see you at TravCon this year because not only are you coming as an attendee, you're also leading two yoga sessions, which I'm super excited about. And also on the virtual conference, you will be leading a yoga session on the virtual conference as well. So those who can't make it to the conference can still take part in your yoga session. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to get that together. I've been planning that for the last few days now. Oh, fantastic. That's great. And Mark, you are a frequent traveler. Every time I see your posts, you're, you're off traveling somewhere. Do you have international travel plans this year? Um, I, I was planning to go into Thailand next year, next February, to learn uh, Thai massage for a month. Nice. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to pursue that right now. Um, if I go to Arizona, I think I might maybe stay in or enjoy Arizona a little bit more before I start traveling. Can you impart any advice or tips to other travelers listening to the podcast, something that you find has helped you in your last two and a half years of traveling? Um, I, I, you should go into um, the assignments that you, uh, with an open mind and uh, caring and, and just try to do the best you can. And every, uh, every situation is so different. You have to be open-minded and just uh, do the best job you can to make, to try and make as many people as happy as you can. That is so and true. Avoid, and avoid getting into conflicts. That's a great idea. True. We actually have a really good session at uh, TravCon that Melissa Kneibel is presenting, and it's avoiding conflicts on, uh, on assignment and ways, tips that you can do to sort of head off a cancellation. You know, you're six weeks into your assignment and they blindside you with, hey, you know, it's not working out. We're going to head out. We're going to send you home. And she's got some really good tips on how to prevent that from happening, how to sort of be in the forefront of that, and just some suggestions that can really help you from assignment to assignment. So it's a diff, it's a good way to help prevent any unforeseen complications that could pop up. I actually had a couple of contracts uh, canceled early, early on me as well. And uh, what I ended up doing is getting a better contract. That's one <laughs> exactly. Way another way of looking at it you might be in a sticky situation but there's always another contract waiting for you right you just never know you never know you don't a lot, of, a lot of great contracts out there absolutely a lot of fun a lot of fun places to visit too yeah absolutely well thank you so much mark we look forward to seeing you at travcon thank you everyone for listening tune in next week we have episodes every tuesday and if you like this podcast please share it with your friends thanks so much thanks for listening to travel nursing and allied life you can find the full show notes below or at travcon.org. Please help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.